VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today I'm going to be giving all my loyal listeners uh, a preview of my book that's coming out. Actually, it's just hit the bookstands in London. And uh, it's coming out this week, and it's called Coping with Terrorism, Dreams Interrupted. I've mentioned it uh, from time to time over the past months. It's actually... Um, well, it's actually something that I've been writing in a sense since 9-11, or at least gathering research for since 9-11, and then actually writing this past year. And um, I'm very excited about it coming out. I'm going to be going to London at the end of this week uh, to be there for the next 10 days to, um, to tell people about the book. Um, and I'm excited about it for a lot of reasons, uh, primarily I hope that it's going to be a wake-up call to people on both sides of the Atlantic. Actually, it's published by the European Atlantic Publications, and um, which is kind of apropos because it's about, uh, in some sense, it, it relates, of course, to, to 9-11 and 7-7, last year's London attack by terrorists. Um, but it's really for people everywhere who uh, are at risk in many countries for terrorist attacks. And the reason why uh, I see it as a wake-up call is because I have just been, it just hasn't ceased to amaze me how um, since 9-11 people are still, so, and since 7-7 to some degree, uh, of course, it's fresher there, but still, people try to go about their business trying to pretend um, that nothing has changed and that, you know, and, and sort of paying attention to um, what Britney Spears is doing and, um, you know, who's fighting over who in Hollywood. And, uh, I mean, yes, we all need these kinds of distractions, and uh, these are things that I often get interviewed about, and I find it useful to comment uh, about the, the issues because I find that that will be helpful for people who are facing similar kinds of issues in their relationships or whatever. But these are really distractions, um, perhaps, that in some sense we need more than ever, but the problem is that we're all in a state of such denial. Some of us are in greater denial than others. Some of us um, are actually not in denial as much and, and kind of at the other extreme and, and um, are quite aware of how afraid we are um, of the specter of terrorism lo looming over our heads. And I'm certainly not saying that everyone should be hiding in a closet or shuddering under their bed covers, but at the same time, what um, really concerns me as a psychiatrist is that I see the devastation every day all around me the, what, of what happens when people aren't honest with themselves and don't acknowledge 
that in fact they have been affected by this horrible threat that has, first of all, already committed too many atrocious attacks and threatens every day to commit more. We get up in the morning, we read the newspaper, we listen to the news on television or radio or the Internet, or we read the Internet, and we see headlines. Um, And these headlines every day involve, include some headlines that relate to terrorism. And in some sense, we've become somewhat desensitized um, because we hear it every day. You know, it's it's like anything. Um, and on, in another way, also, we tune it out because it is too frightening for us. We don't want to think about every day how we are at risk um, of a terrorist attack, whether someone's going to come today to our town, our country, our town, our our, our home. <laughs> And uh, our neighborhood, I should say, um, and and create some kind of atrocious act. You know, we hear about these things. We hear about biochemical attacks. We hear about nuclear attacks. We hear about um, nuclear uh, uh, products that could be bought that are suspected of being bought by terrorists. We hear about each each day. There's something new <laughs> in the war on terror, and. The problem is that although, of course, it is not good to be paralyzed by fear and to be hiding under your covers and or in your closet and not go out or change your life drastically from how it was because you're scared and you're thinking about, oh, well, terrorists might go to the mall or they might go to a, 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 a theater on Broadway or they might go... Um, certainly on an airplane or, you know, all the different places that we we could name for likely targets of where terrorists might go. I mean, obviously we don't want to curtail our lives to avoid these places or to avoid doing things that we've enjoyed just because there is this threat out there uh, that someday there might be a terrorist attack in that place or affecting us. Uh, on the other hand, you know, obviously certain kinds of weapons that terrorists could use could affect us even if we don't go anywhere and just stay in our homes and, and um, there's biochemical uh, warfare or nuclear warfare released in our neighborhood. So really, um, it's not about, uh, I mean, yes, of course, that's less of a risk than going on an airplane or, or some other things, but it's not about uh, changing your life drastically to avoid terrorists. It's about, however, not being on the other extreme of pretending that nothing has changed, that there is no threat to our life in a free society. Because, unfortunately, as much as all of us would like it not to be true, um, well, all of us but the terrorists would like it not to be true, these events happened. And um, what we need to do is to learn how to cope with them. Ergo, the title, Coping with Terrorism, Dreams Interrupted. I'll get to the dreams in a little bit. Um, the way that most of us have been coping so far, or not really coping, but, but pretending to be coping, is by being in this state of denial. Now, just like we can't think every minute of the day, terrorism, 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 on the other hand, to sort of shrug off the, the news that we hear 
or um, or to just try to pretend that that these things that we're winning the war on terror that these things really aren't going to happen again nothing bad is going to happen again is not the way to go because that's on one level of our mind that we're thinking that and yet on another level we are really scared and we have to acknowledge that because once we acknowledge that we are afraid some of us are more afraid than others where there is certainly no judgment involved here because whatever you feel is what you feel um, certainly i'm not going to say well you know <laughs> you shouldn't feel that way but what you need to do is to uh, the problem before i get to what you need to do the problem is that there's a kind of cognitive dissonance going on we hear the headlines you know, we or we see the headlines, and we don't want to believe that, and so we go deeper into our denial. In fact, the more threatening the headlines are, in a sense, the more we go deeper into our denial to hide from that. And um, the reason why this isn't good is because while one level of our mind is telling ourselves that that you know nothing is wrong, we don't have anything to be afraid of. Another part, a more visceral part, is telling us, yes, indeed, you are afraid. What compounds this problem is that um, also in the media are reports by uh, the president or the prime minister or other governmental officials, um, people saying that go on with your lives, you know, don't, don't, um, don't let the terrorists change your life, don't don't worry about this. Go to Disney World. President Bush, in fact, was uh, early on talked about how you should um, essentially fly the friendly skies, and he suggested going to Disney World. Um, now, of course, I'm not saying not to go to Disney World, but the point is that it has become unpatriotic. The message has come across that if you are afraid and if you admit you are afraid to yourself, your loved ones, to your friends, to your colleagues, then somehow you are not being patriotic. This is bad. This is wrong. You shouldn't do that. And that is making it a lot harder for us to admit to other people, people we trust, people that we could have uh, conversations with, uh, and certainly (laughs) to tell ourselves, to admit to ourselves that, yes, we are afraid. Because once you admit to yourself uh, the various feelings that you have, and fear is sort of the number one feeling, but there are lots of other emotions. In fact, I have a whole chapter on that, what, what are we feeling and why, uh, that goes through emotions A to Z. And uh, if, we, if we don't admit these emotions to ourselves, then what happens is that we're still feeling them, <laughs> I mean, by telling ourselves, no, you're not afraid, or no, you're not sad, or no, you're not anxious, or no, you're not this or that, your, your, your heart, your emotions, they don't, they don't listen to the rational mind in that sense. Um, you know, you can't fool yourself. You're just sort of covering that over. You're pretending to yourself that something is the case. And there is a big cost to this pretending, this denial. The cost that occurs is that Instead of being honest, having these discussions, you know, it's amazing. When you talk to somebody, I'm sure you've had things before in your life, before terrorism came on the horizon, 
Um, you've had things in your life that you've been afraid of or that you felt sad about or, or scared about or, or um, anxious about or so many other kinds of feelings that where you've talked to somebody and um, after the conversation, just by unburdening yourself, admitting to them, which oftentimes is the first time you'll admit it to yourself, by this unburdening, you feel better just by doing it. I mean, of course, that's what therapy is about to some degree. You know, you're unburdening your feelings. You're talking to a therapist about how you're feeling. And in regard to terrorism, although certainly in certain conditions, um, talking to a therapist is much indicated, you can also help yourself by talking to people who care about you and who you trust. And when we come back, we'll talk more about this, and I'll tell you about the terrorist stress test. And you can give yourself a little quiz. In fact, why don't you get a pencil and paper while we take a break and uh, get ready for the terrorist stress test. So you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Want to break in the action? Join us Thursdays, 8 to 9 a.m. and again from 8 to 9 p.m. for the L.A. Underground Comedy Show, hosted by stand-up comedian Ralph Vincent, who also co-produces Comedy Beer Sex Appeal, Santa Monica's premier weekly stand-up comedy showcase at 14 Below. Originally from Rochester, New York, Ralph has been a bartender in Hollywood for over six years and is a veteran of the Los Angeles nightlife scene. If you've partied in L.A. since a millennium, chances are he's probably got you drunk. So untuck your shirt and have a stiff Belt with Ralph's No Holds Barred approach with LA Underground Comedy Show on the Voice America channel beginning May 25th and every Thursday from 8 to 9 a.m. and again at 8 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on VoiceAmerica.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. Education, health care, environmental protection, the war in Iraq, taxes, poverty, abortion, the economy, crime, social security. It's all around us. What are the key issues? How does it affect you? Whether you stand to the left of the political aisle or to the right, Make Your Point with Melanie Brenner is your platform for straight political talk without an agenda. Melanie, one of the top Democratic strategic communications experts in the country, and her guests, political staffers and consultants behind the elected officials, as well as arts and entertainment icons, discuss the issues relevant to our day-to-day lives. Make Your Point with Melanie Brenner, broadcast each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Don't just sit there. Make Your Point. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at one 866 472-5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
And welcome back to today's show. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today I'm giving you a preview of my new book that is just released called Coping with Terrorism, Dreams Interrupted. It's been released first in the U.K., and um, I, I'm, I really feel, as, <laughs> as you have probably heard, I really feel passionate about this because I see people, not only patients, but just people I know, people all around me, succumbing to the impact of what I call terrorist stress syndrome. And this uh, syndrome, and I'll be giving you the test in a little bit, this uh, syndrome, if it isn't recognized and if you don't get help, and that can either be help, you know, as benign as reading my book, obviously, or uh, in the other extreme, going to a therapist, uh, depending upon how severe the symptoms are that you have. But the problem with not getting help in some form or another is that this pretending, this denial, can only go on by taking its toll. And some of the ways that it takes its toll on people is by causing them to do things to escape, feeling this anxiety, feeling this fear, feeling this terror. And, for example, there are people who have been increasing their drinking or there are people who have been increasing their eating or taking drugs or gambling or shopping or playing video games, violent video games, to feel more uh, aggressive and and, um, powerful themselves or indulging in promiscuous sex. These are all ways that people are trying to escape from what they're really feeling, the feelings regarding the specter of terrorism, the feelings about the past terrorist attacks, and the feeling about living every day with the current specter of terrorism. And um, there are other things, that ways that people are, are being affected as well. Um, and I think what I'll probably do now before giving you more of these Examples, I mean, I guess you'll pretty much be able to tell yourself by going through the test. So this is what I call the um, terrorist stress test. And there are ten questions. They're just yes or no. And you keep score for yourself and see whether um, how many of these questions you, you answer yes to. Now, of course, before I um, before I start, um, I do want to say that your awareness of whether you're suffering from any of these um, symptoms will go up and down depending upon you know whether there has been something in your life recently that has reminded you of a past terrorist attack or something in a headline that has disturbed you, or whether you're sort of feeling um, safe in your uh, security blanket of, of bravado and denial and not letting that in. So y- your answers to this test may be different, will be different at different times depending upon how much you're letting in as to what's really going on in the war on terror. So here we go. I hope you have your pens and paper ready. Question number one. Are you feeling out of your, are you feeling out of control of your emotions or your life? 
Are you feeling out of control of your emotions or your life? Yes or no. Question two. Do you feel emotionally numb or withdrawn while your reality feels blurred? Do you feel emotionally numb or withdrawn while your reality feels blurred? Three, are you angry or scared that no one seems truly able to protect you from impending doom? Are you angry or scared that no one seems truly able to protect you from impending doom? Do you try to comfort yourself by indulging in self-destructive habits such as binge eating or drinking? Do you try to comfort yourself by indulging in self-destructive habits such as binge eating or drinking? Are you feeling sad, anxious, or having trouble sleeping, sometimes because of nightmares? Are you feeling sad, anxious, or having trouble sleeping, sometimes because of nightmares? Six, do you find yourself staring into space, distracted, having trouble with your memory, or concentration? Do you find yourself staring into space, distracted, having trouble with your memory, or concentration? Seven, do you feel easily tired and irritable, have erratic mood swings, or think people are out to hurt you? Do you feel easily tired and irritable, have erratic mood swings, or think people are out to hurt you? Eight, do you avoid intimacy or compulsively seek intimate encounters to escape into? Do you avoid intimacy or compulsively seek intimate encounters to escape into? Nine, are you feeling aggressive or violent towards yourself or others? Are you feeling aggressive or violent towards yourself or others? Ten, have you had any accidents or nagging physical ailments like headaches, colds, or pain? Have you had any accidents or nagging physical ailments like headaches, colds, or pain? Now total up how many you have yes, marked yes to. And if you have three or more of these warning signals and they began or increased after you were exposed to a terrorist attack, which of course would mean um, 9-11 or 7-7, or if you're listening from some other part of the world where you've had, um, well, not only where there has been a terrorist attack, but if you were, I mean, the whole world, in a sense, has been exposed to terrorist attack, has witnessed a terrorist attack, um, because it doesn't have to be just firsthand. It can also be through the media. And how many times has the media shown the same pictures of the Twin Towers um, being crashed into by a plane or of the uh, events in London uh, or the Madrid bombings or other places throughout the world. You know that once these events happen, uh, the media replays it again and uh, the images, not just talking about it, but replays the images again and again and again and again. So, um, you know, and it isn't just at the time. Obviously, there are certain times when we still are exposed to that. An, an example would be uh, Flight 93, the movie that came on that people in New York 
some people in New York got freaked out about because they didn't want to see that again. Um, so if, if these signals um, have been lingering since 9-11, maybe going up and down, you know, they feel more strongly, you feel them more strongly at some times and less strongly at others, but if they've sort of been lingering on since 9-11 or 7-7 or some other significant terrorist event in your life, then it is likely that they are related to uh, terrorist stress. In other words, your terrorist stress would be related to not only a particular attack that occurred, but also to living with the threat of terrorism, the everyday living with the threat of terrorism looming over us. Um, now, before terrorism arrived on our scene, um, you might have answered yes to some of the questions, one or more of these warning signs before. But obviously, um, because there would have been, we all have stressors in our life, uh, failed romances, sudden unemployment, uh, illness in ourselves or a loved one, all kinds of things that might have caused some psychological problems that are temporary or chronic. But terrorist stress is an actual constellation of these symptoms, three or more of these symptoms, related to the impact of terrorism on your life. And, um, of course, when there are reminders um, of things such as, you know, obviously the 7-7 the anniversary is coming up, um, obviously these are times when people, not just in London, but, you know, people who have witnessed that throughout the world will also be uh, increasingly, tr- their, their emotions will be triggered in, in an increasing way um, the terrorist stress that they had before will be increasingly triggered. Now, I call this terrorist stress syndrome a cousin or a variant or a contemporary version of post-traumatic stress disorder. And, uh, you know, there are some things that are similar, and um, I'm sure you've heard, um, know about post-traumatic stress disorder to some degree, and that's not just a disorder of of people who... um, come home from war, it really is, it has to do with when people, when a person is faced with um, a life-threatening event and they feel frightened or helpless or horrified in the face of that. Now, this doesn't mean that you had to have been in the Twin Towers or on a London bus, um, but it means that that uh, you would have, even if you would have witnessed this in the media, and some of us, you know, some some of you out there, and became addictive um, watching some of these things again and again and again. And also, when you want to hear news, uh, like an update, of course, the filler is uh, these images again and again and again. So we become re-traumatized and re-traumatized each time. And um, that, that's something that a lot of people don't realize. They think that only people who um, are there at the scene of a trauma can develop post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes, of course, those people are more likely to get it and are usually get it in a more severe form, but um, we are all suffering from some degree of, of this kind of, of post-traumatic stress disorder or what I've more... Um, 
specifically defined as terrorist stress syndrome. And that is why um, it is important to acknowledge this and to um, start getting some kind of help. And there are other things that you can do, and, and um, I'll, I'll uh, talk about some of that later on. But the first step, <laughs> that's, that's a later step, the first step is breaking through your denial and uh, recognizing that, yes, indeed, did, did my life change since 9-11? Did my life change since 7-7? What am I really doing differently? I mean, that's what this is about. Um, it's asking yourself what things have changed and recognizing that these things aren't coincidences or um, or things that just came from fate or whatever you attribute them to, that, in fact, you wouldn't be human if you weren't affected by the things that went on uh, when our world was shattered with the increased threat of terrorism. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This week on Slice of Sci-Fi with Michael and Evo, our guest is Jamie Bamber. You'll know him from Battlestar Galactica. He plays Leodama. We talk about Battlestar Galactica and get a look inside of Jamie's life. Of course, we'll cover all the sci-fi news for the week as usual. That's Slice of Sci-Fi with Michael and Evo. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Education, healthcare, environmental protection, the war in Iraq, Texas, poverty, abortion, the economy, crime, social security, gay rights. It's all around us. What are the key issues? How does it affect you? Whether you stand to the left of the political aisle or to the right, Make Your Point with Melanie Brenner is your platform for straight political talk without an agenda. Melanie, one of the top Democratic strategic communications experts in the country, and her guests, political staffers and consultants behind the elected officials, as well as arts and entertainment icons, discuss the issues relevant to our day-to-day lives. Make Your Point with Melanie Brenner, broadcast each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Channel. Don't just sit there. Make Your Point. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. 
Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman talking to you, giving you a preview of my book that has just come out called Coping with Terrorism, Dreams Interrupted. Now, uh, I promised to, to tell you where the dreams interrupted comes from, and um, I actually meant that as a double entendre. Of course, the first kind of dreams would be uh, the kinds of dreams that we had in our childhood innocence, the dreams that we had, the ambitions, the plans for our life that we formulated lying under a tree, looking out on a lake, planning how our life would be. And um, now some of us, to whatever extent we've realized these dreams um, or not, the, the fact that terrorism is in our midst, it tries to shake us loose from these plans and uh, implores us to be intimidated and to not go on about our business. I mean, I'm certainly not saying that we shouldn't uh, continue about our business, but in fact, what I'm saying is that unless we acknowledge the feelings that have been stirred up in us, and um, I talk about feelings from abandoned, you know, A to Z, well, A to X anyway, abandoned to xenophobic, um, and, uh, and there are many feelings in between, pages and pages of them, and if we don't acknowledge this and at least find comfort in being able to say it out loud uh, to friends, to people we care about, people who care about us, at the very least to do that, then these feelings will hold us back from attaining our dreams because it, that's just the way the mind works. If we have all these stirred up feelings that we're not naming or not doing anything to, to about, you know, to help um, uh, soothe, then it, our mind is confused, it's distracted, it's, it's um, befuddled, it's, it's just not able to devote itself 100% to the task at hand. And, if, for example, if we're depressed, I mean, you, you, you certainly you've been depressed in your life over something besides terrorism, and you know how that clouds your thinking and, and makes it hard for you to get out of bed in the morning and, and um, sometimes makes you eat less or eat more or sleep less or sleep more or um, just really, uh, it, it just really takes the energy out of you, the spirit out of you, the, the, um, the hope that you will be able to attain these dreams. And so if you start feeling hopeless and don't have the energy and, and have a trouble getting out of bed, it's hard to pursue these dreams that you dreamed up when you were feeling more innocent and never even thinking about something like terrorism. Also, as I said, it was a double entendre, and that's because the, our night dreams have been interrupted as well as our daydreams. And um, these have been interrupted by nightmares. Most of us have had... 
um, nightmares of the falling towers or of the explosions in London or of other images that we have seen uh, connected to terrorism. There is no way that um, these images don't go into our mind. Our mind is like a video camera, and it absorbs whatever is going on in our life, whatever we put into our mind. I've talked about this in regard to violence in the media. If we consume um, violent images or whatever images we're consuming, we, that all gets recorded. It's not. It may feel like it's when you watch television sometimes that it's going in one ear and out the other, but in fact, all of it is being recorded inside your head. And so, it's no wonder that these uh, disturbing feelings and, and images and memories come out in our nightmares, and uh, uh, and disturb these dreams too. The our our, <laughs> our more peaceful night dreams. So the idea is that the more that you tune in to what you are feeling, and these are subtle feelings, I mean, fear or terror isn't so subtle, although the more you deny it, I mean, it can it can be made to, to hide, certainly. Um, but then other feelings are, are a little, are more subtle, um, and you may not be attributing them to terrorism. Um, but in fact, these are the kinds of things that you have to, to look at in order to feel more in control of your life and find your inner resilience and stop your dreams, both the daydreams and the night dreams, from being broken or being interrupted. And um, that's, that's sort of been my passion for uh, writing this so that, in fact, I can wake people up, which is really a more patriotic thing to do, because the more in denial we are, the weaker we become, not only psychologically, but physically. Because certainly you know about how stress, whether it's terrorist stress or any kind of stress in your life, um, causes, has an impact, a tremendous impact on your physical health. This used to be sort of a new concept years ago, but experiments after experiments um, have proven that there are tremendous physical consequences of being under stress. I mean, we, you know, the, the classical ones that we think of are ulcers or high blood pressure, but really um, t- stress takes its toll on your whole body. And um, so that while you may be hiding from some of the feelings that you have that are connected to terrorist stress or, terror, or the threat of terrorism, Certainly you cannot hide it from your body. You cannot reason your body out of feeling it or tell your body it doesn't feel stressed because your body knows what it feels, even if you won't allow these feelings to surface into your conscious mind. And that um, is, is a serious consequence. So by not admitting these things to ourselves, we are both making ourselves both psychologically and physically more vulnerable to the threat of terrorism, not only in case of a terrorist attack, but also to summon the strength to be able to fight terrorism before there's another attack or before there are many more attacks. Um, But to do something about this, because certainly it is something that the world has to get together to do something about. And if we're hiding and letting ourselves become deteriorated because we're not acknowledging the impact of this because we think it's not uh, brave of us or 
uh, carrying a stiff upper lip or um, not being patriotic or, uh, you know, we should prove we're stronger than this or uh, that... I mean, the only way we can prove we're stronger is by acknowledging these feelings and then getting on with our life. Acknowledging these feelings, doing whatever we have to do to take care of these feelings, to take care of ourselves, essentially, and then getting on with our life. So it's not about staying home, curling up in a fetal position and saying, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. It's about being able to move on. And the only way you can move on just like with any problem in, in psychotherapy, um, anything that you can think of that someone would go to psychotherapy for, a failed relationship, um, getting trouble at the job, um, someone dying, having been abused as a child, um, a, an addiction problem, whatever it is, the whole point is you go there, you talk about it, you find a solution, and then you get on with your life. And it's it's not in seven minutes, um, uh, you know. But but it's 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 the purpose, and it works. And I'm not again. I'm not trying to say that everyone needs to be in psychotherapy either. Although certainly with certain of these symptoms, and if these things have, um, for example, some of the things that I talked about in the Terra stress test, if these things um, have have had consequences in your life and it's just a matter of time when all of these things would i mean look at any of these 10 warning signs and i'm sure that any of them that you um that you said yes to or perhaps would have said yes to at some earlier time already exerted consequences on your life and so the idea is not to to dwell forever on all of these negative emotions but it's to be able to acknowledge them to yourself and then move on. Because in therapy, um, just, just as it works in therapy, you cannot move on from whatever your problem is until you have first stood still and looked at these problems, you know, in depth, uh, talk to your heart, talk to your soul, and, um, and really were honest with yourself to admit um, what is going on inside yourself. And only then can you figure out what you need uh, to do about it to to get your life back together. And that's what I'm suggesting here. That um, that my, the first part of what I'm suggesting is this wake up call, so that um, so that you don't feel that it's wrong to uh, to admit at least to yourself that there is something that needs fixing. Because quite frankly, I don't know, you know, it, it, it's just a normal human re- reaction. And um, it would be, you would be inhuman if you didn't, in fact, feel something at seeing all of this, this needless, horrendous destruction um, that has been going on for the purpose of basically trying to manipulate you to, uh, to give in to the terrorist demands. And that's certainly not what I'm what I'm uh, suggesting, I'm suggesting that you just pause. <laughs> Take a little pause for as long as it takes and really get cozy with yourself and honest with yourself and, and admit and look around at your life and admit what might be going wrong or what might have been going wrong um, may in fact be related to all of these um, this mass of swirling emotions that have been, that have been begun uh, initiated by 
by perhaps 9-11, perhaps 7-7, perhaps before then with terrorist attacks that were starting around the world. But pretty much 9-11 is when most of the world stood up and took notice that uh, that the terrorists weren't kidding or that it wasn't going to be limited to just uh, a, a suicide bomber here and there, not that those attacks weren't atrocious, but that really this was going to be a lot um, bigger than anyone would have dreamed. And uh, that's that's, I guess, what what I would like you to start with, just uh, beginning to, to realize how your health is dependent upon acknowledging what these things are so that you can then um, get on with your life and, and continue um, getting on with getting on. I mean, not changing your life because of terrorists, but acknowledging that your life has changed and in order to get it back on track, you need to take some time for yourself and to... Uh, to acknowledge what's been going on. So, God, this hour is <laughs> this hour is going by quickly, and basically, I've been talking to you about the first chapter <laughs> of my book. <laughs> so, there's a lot more. Um, we're not going to get it all to get to it all today, but um, but anyway, stay tuned. I'll talk to you more about this. The first part is really the most important because that's that's what lets in the rest of it. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Unlimited talk at your fingertips, voiceamerica.com. West Coast Business Review and host Amy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific time on voiceamericaradio.com. Visit our website at www.westcoastbusinessreview.com. West Coast Business Review's Show Me the Business, connecting you to the business world. Want to break in the action? Join us Thursdays, 8 to 9 a.m. and again from 8 to 9 p.m. for the L.A. Underground Comedy Show, hosted by stand-up comedian Ralph Benson, who also co-produces comedy, beer, sex appeal, Santa Monica's premier weekly stand-up comedy showcase at 14 Below. Originally from Rochester, New York, Ralph has been a bartender in Hollywood for over six years and is a veteran of the Los Angeles nightlife scene. If you've partied in L.A. since a millennium, chances are he's probably got you drunk. So untuck your shirt and have a stiff Bell with Ralph's No Holds Barred approach with LA Underground Comedy Show on the Voice America channel beginning May 25th and every Thursday from 8 to 9 a.m. and again at 8 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on VoiceAmerica.com. The results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. We'll need to perform a surgery. After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at one 866 472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Don't write yourself off. 
And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Um, as you can tell, I feel so passionate about this topic and trying to uh, uh, get people to help themselves, get you all to help yourselves, <laughs> that um, I, the, the hour has just gone by so quickly. Um, let me tell you about some of the other things that uh, that I talk about in the book, some of the other areas, just to give you an idea of what I think is important in this whole issue. Um, after I, I talked to you about the first chapter was the terrorist stress test, and then the second chapter I mentioned was a whole exploration of what we are feeling and why um, with uh, emotions from A to Z. And um, the next chapter is um, love and intimacy, and that talks about the influence of uh, terrorism or the threat of terrorism on your love life and on your sex life. The next chapter is work and money. And if you don't think that um, terrorism has been exerting an effect on that, well, that's actually one area where people seem to be able to talk more about that, although they don't relate it to their psyche. They they relate it to economic downturns. You know, of course, 9-11 and 7-7 and other terrorist attacks have had a dramatic effect uh, on the economy. And... Um, and, but there's also changes in our psyche that have had a dramatic effect on our work life. Ask yourself how many more mistakes you're making these days, for example. The next chapter is protecting our children. Um, it's for parents who have small children and who are wondering how to talk to them about terrorism and trying to understand why their behavior has changed and um, after terrorism has come on the scene and, um, of course, tells them how to, things that they can do with their children to help them deal with terrorism. Protecting our teenagers is, is similar, but looking at the problems that teenagers are going through. And, of course, teenagers, adolescence is a time of turbulence before terrorism, <laughs> when things seem to be um, much calmer in our world, adolescence was a time of turbulence, and even before 9-11, uh, the turbulence of adolescence had gotten much worse um, in recent years uh, because of, well, because of a lot of things going on in our world and that I go into in the chapter, and obviously there isn't enough time left right now, but, but needless to say, things are a lot worse for teenagers um, as they look ahead to a future that seems to be not there or not there in the way they had expected when they were growing up. And then the next chapter has to do with coping with death, loved ones and strangers. And really isn't that what, isn't that what this is all about? When we're, when we talk about, uh, terror or fear of terrorism, really it's fear of death because, um, you know, of course there are other things involved too, the destruction, the sadness, the losing somebody else. But really, we're talking about having to face our own mortality. And so um, I talk about all of that and how that has been looked at through the years and what we currently think about death, what some of the, what death, since nobody comes back and tells us what death actually is, um, I've sort of assembled a whole uh, plethora of uh, perspectives on that. And then the next chapter is psychological survival skills, gears, and maps. Just like survivalists need skills, gear, and maps to find their way out of the wilderness, this book is a kind of psychological survival guide to help people find 
their way out of the unexplored territory of terrorist stress syndrome. And then the last chapter, planning for an uncertain future. What do you do when uh, when your existence is threatened? Um, do you spend years chasing your dreams or live life for the moment? Do you wait for Mr. or Ms. Right or marry Mr. or Ms. Not Quite So Right and start having children immediately? Um, what about your career? Do you take one? Do you, do you choose a career that takes years of study, or a quick, <laughs> a quick fix, a quick something that seems like a quick career that you can get into to start making money immediately? Do you um, go off sailing on some wild adventure, or do you stay inside and batten down the hatches and huddle up? Um, so this chapter kind of points you in the right direction for that. And basically, um, basically that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> you don't need to get the book. Um, no, obviously each of those chapters is, is you know, provides some of the solutions. And, and it's not one, I, I couldn't tell you, even if, I mean, there isn't just one quick and easy solution. Um, there are a lot of things, though, I can tell you that, that you can do to help yourself, to help your children, to help your teenagers, to help your friends and your family members. Perhaps you're not as... Um, uh, impacted as someone in your family, for example. And it really is. Don't think that children um, aren't aware. I mean, they they catch, even if you're protective, which I hope you are, of them coming in and watching, um, seeing things on the television, uh, you know, they hear their friends talking in school. They hear... They hear bits and snatches on the radio or the television or they see a newspaper laying around or... Um, you know, they know a lot more than you think they know about what's going on in the world, and they are scared. Whether they talk to you about it or not is another thing, and of course that has to do with their age and their temperament and their personality and a whole bunch of other things. And it also has to do with how, how much you feel um, comfortable talking about it with them. But that's not just for children. That actually goes for your um, for your wife or your husband or your lover or other people in your life who... Um, would love it if someone in their life would start talking to them honestly about this so that they could open up too. So perhaps you could start there with um, agreeing to spend a little time thinking about changes in your life, what has changed, what didn't you think was related to terrorism, like mistakes, like forgetting things, like um, being a little more careless when you're driving, because you're distracted, although you may not be thinking necessarily about you know the, the Twin Towers, but you're just distracted in general because the world is overwhelming. And the key to this all is, is recognizing, admitting, understanding that you will become a lot stronger. It's not cowering to terrorism. Admitting to yourself how it's impacted you is, is the first step in making yourself psychologically and physically stronger to be able to face whatever is in our future in regard to terrorism and hopefully being able to stop terrorism uh, sooner before it multiplies. So I hope, if nothing else, at least I've um, started you on the track of thinking about these things. If you would like to buy my book, depending upon where you are in the world, the easiest place to get it at this point is amazon.co.uk. Amazon.co.uk, and um, uh, I'd love to get feedback from you if you do get it. I'd love to hear from you. 
You can get my email on the voiceamerica.com website. And um, I hope I hope we can all um, feel a little more at peace with ourselves. That's that's really what I'm hoping will happen from all of this, and be more prepared. It's not just about buying duct tape. It's about getting prepared psychologically and physically. Thanks very much for listening. This is Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.